0: This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential Secrets of Successful Parenting. Today, my guests are Dr. Leah Klugness and Rachel Sarah, co founders of SingleMommyHood.com. Today, I'm fortunate to have two outstanding guests Dr. Leah Klugness and Rachel Sarah. Dr. Leah Klugness is a psychologist and recognized authority on single parenting and relationship issues. She's the co-author of the award-winning book, The Complete Single Mother, which is the only comprehensive and best-selling self-help book ever written for single parents. Dr. Leah, a.k.a. The Sanity Fairy, along with Rachel Sarah, are co-founders of the popular website, singlemommyhood.com. Rachel Sarah is an award-winning journalist and the author of the dating memoir, Single Mom Seeking, Play Dates, Blind Dates, and Other Dispatches from the Dating World. Rachel has written for Family Circle Magazine, American Baby, Salon.com, Huffington Post, and Lifetime TV. She's also a contractor for Match.com. I'll begin this two-part interview with Dr. Leah. Welcome, Dr. Leah. Thank you. I'm so delighted you're here, and I've got to say that even though I am not a single mom, this book that you've written, The Complete Single Mother, has to be a Bible for the millions of single moms who are out there. Thank you for writing it.
1: You're welcome. I've heard that feedback from many single moms, no matter how they reached that status in life. It's a support group in your hand filled with information that has been found very useful by single moms of all types.
0: Your co-author, Andrea Engbert, and yourself, there's a wonderful introduction in the book that's describing how both of you came to this place in your life, which I, I found really interesting. And we we have a little bit of time to talk about your own experience, because I think it's a, a wonderful story of perseverance and guts, and <laughs> I, want, I, I want to inspire the people who are listening. So can you please tell us a little bit about how you got to be a single mom? It wasn't what
1: you planned, was it? No, single mommyhood was not in the plan. My husband had relocated to the Carolinas to uh, expand his business, leaving me in central New York to sell the house and pack up and get our two children, who were seven and three at the time, ready for the big move. And just as the moving truck pulled out of the driveway and I was left with two little children and two suitcases and about $500 in cash, my soon-to-be ex-husband called me on the phone and told me he didn't want to be married anymore, and I shouldn't come down and join him in the Carolinas, and really what he thought I should do is move in with my mom. He's the one to give advice, huh? Yes. <laughs> wow. So, so very fortunately, I had already been accepted to graduate school at the University of South Carolina. I was interested in becoming a psychologist. But I suddenly had uh, no backup system, no child care, no real uh, guide or mentor to help me make that transition to single motherhood. But I knew I had to create a new life for the children and me. So we moved down to Columbia, South Carolina, where I didn't know a single person for a thousand miles in any direction. And we started our life together. And that was really the origin of my book with Andrea Engber, The Complete Single Mother, because it's the book I wish I had had when I was at that point in my own life.
0: Wow. And you successfully completed your doctoral degree.
1: Yes, I did, and got my license as a psychologist and fulfilled my dream to become a psychologist, and I came back to Long Island from where I come originally, where my family is, opened up a practice, and raised my two children.
0: Now, you make it sound like, I set this goal, and I just did it, (laughs) but I'm sure there were a lot of bumps along the way, because that's a hard road to go with two children and a supportive partner two children and just you, has to be really challenging.
1: I think challenging would describe it. There were not only bumps in the road, there were ruts, canyons, crevices. (laughs) You name that obstacle, we had it. The bridge is washed out. (laughs) Yeah, the bridge is washed out, uh, the rivers rising, all of the above. Uh, I really had two thoughts that guided me throughout that school journey and beyond what do i need to do in the next 5 minutes to move our lives ahead mm. and don't procrastinate i think that's something that single moms particularly single moms uh in school just can't afford to do because there's always that unexpected kid factor. Kids get sick, the kids fall down, the kids have some kind of, you know, stress or crisis that needs their mom's attention. So I learned very quickly not to put off writing that paper, or studying for that test, or making that trip to the library. So I guess super organized and focusing on those really very small short-term goals Uh, If I could pass on any words of wisdom, that would be it for single moms uh, trying to move ahead in their own lives.
0: And you moved ahead and moved ahead and look where you're now because this book obviously is a culmination of life experience and I'm guessing wisdom that you've gained from
1: helping your patients. Definitely. I have many single moms who I've seen over the years in, in my practice, and it is really from them that many of the dilemmas that are presented in the book and responded to come from. It's a continuing challenge, and the challenge in some ways stays the same. How do I achieve success with all of these different roles, career, motherhood. How do I have a personal life? But then we get new things thrown in like technology. How do Mm -hmm. I keep my children safe on the internet? All these kind of new things, things that I did not need to cope with when my own children were growing up. So it's ever evolving.
0: My kids are all grown up, too, and and I work a lot with middle school and high school students and parents, and when I hear the challenges that they're dealing with vis-a-vis the social media, I say, thank goodness that our kids went through this before, because it was tough enough. And this brings me to a point that I really want to talk with you about today. Your book is, as I said, incredibly comprehensive. It's like three inches thick, and it is wonderful in its completeness. You cover topics... As far ranging as adoption to sexual desire during pregnancy to changing the cat litter (laughs) to how do you handle the teen years as a single parent? Now, as a parent who has gone through the teen years twice with a loving and supportive partner right there, I know that there were many, many times where I felt with either my daughter or my son. I've had it, you take over, and it becomes a tag team event. And I was very grateful that I could get a breather. What happens in the life of a single parent when there is no one to tag team out? And I know that it's it's an incredibly challenging time. So give us some advice for single moms who may be listening now, whose children are much younger and are heading towards that challenge of the tween teen years. And also single moms who may, for now, suddenly find themselves, oh my goodness, I didn't really
1: think I would be dealing with this on my own, and now I am. Single mommyhood does get a bit more relentless when your children enter the tween and and teen years. I always have to smile when single moms say to me, well, when they're both in school, I can do this and this and this and this. And yes, of course, you're Past potty training and past some of those other obstacles. But things, as I said, do get a bit more relentless. You know, the flip side of not being able to be a tag team, and I think that's an important thing when you're a single parent, is to try to maintain an optimistic, realistic perspective. You are also not dealing with contradictory expectations. I mean, you're the head of the household. And there isn't a couple of standards. Oh, mom said I could. Dad said I could. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where some of that tag team stuff comes in. I think the important thing, especially as the kids hit those tween years, is to share your own values and beliefs. We've all made mistakes in our lives. We started to smoke, we wish we hadn't. We dabbled in some recreational drugs, we're not proud of that. We made some poor relationship choices. Instead of feeling like these are things you can never share with your children, this is the things to share. I mean, obviously, we're talking a bit of editing here. They certainly don't need to know every gory detail, but they do need to know the comfort. Have the comfort of knowing you've made mistakes, you've learned from the mistakes, you're kind of passing that along, and in sharing what's going on in your life, you then open the door for them to share what's going on in their life. It's a tired cliche, but it's right there in one of the great parenting truths. You've got to keep the conversation going. You can't keep your kids safe unless they talk to you. And you need to know what's going on in their lives.
0: You talk a bit in your book about the extra closeness, one of the benefits of being a single mom, that extra closeness and connection that one fosters with a child or children that may be special in this kind of relationship.
1: Definitely. There was an interesting research study that came out about 15 years ago that was used to whip single parents about poor outcomes with their kids. Oh, there's more drinking, there's more this, there's more that. And in closer inspection of the study, what they really found out was the children of single parents just disclosed more to their parents. And the parents were saying, yes, I know my child smokes. (laughs) Yes, I know my child has done this. Yes, I know my child has done that. Because they were part of the authentic conversation of their kids' lives. Mm -hmm. So there is that special closeness. You do have a lot of shared memories and a lot of little inside jokes and and things that are special to your family, special rituals, special this, special that. I was just spending some time with my grown-up babies a month or so ago, and the conversation was about, remember when we had Mexican food for Christmas? Now, I'm here to tell you that was that was kind of a tough time for me to think about what to do to make things festive and it was really kind of a Hail Mary effort. But look what they're talking about how many years later that they remembered that. And so happily and so joyfully. Interesting. You've touched on something I want to go back
0: to, this special closeness. What happens when your teen starts dating? And there is all of a sudden that very normal shift for the teen son or daughter to want to be spending more time with their significant other. How do moms deal with that?
1: Well, it's interesting, this whole concept of tween and teen dating. You know, first of all, as a parent today... You need to know exactly what dating means because dating doesn't mean to tweens and teens what dating meant to us. One of the things that's happening in middle schools now is kids will have, and they're really not supposed to at their age, but it's happening, Facebook pages. Mm -hmm. And they'll indicate that their relationship status is married. (laughs) I mean, these kids are 13. So Johnny changes his relationship status to married. And um, Susie changes her relationship status to married. All their friends can see that and, ah, what does that mean? They're dating. <laughs> I think...
0: <laughs> I so two weeks down the road when they break up, do they put divorced? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they
1: put divorced or separated. I, I, you know, I don't know. I think that a lot of what parents of tweens and teens today need to do is to be more social media savvy than they might have been. Many of us still prefer those face-to-face meetings or the telephone call, but our kids today are really into the instant messaging and the texting and these kinds of things. I'm a big believer in having the computer in a public area in the house. Right. I don't think anything good in terms of, of monitoring your kids or keeping them safe or being part of the authentic conversation in their life happens when their bedroom door is closed. So yes, they're going to want to spend time away from you. That's been your goal all along, mm-hmm. to have them be independent and take their own place in the world and have their own romantic relationships. I don't think we, any of us can really choke out the phrase sexual relationships when it comes to our children. But that's what we want. We want fully developed, you know, grown-ups. And part of that is they're suddenly not going to want to be attached to our hip and do everything with us.
0: Now, that's the rational view. And, of course, I agree totally. That is in your job description. You are to launch this little baby into young adulthood 18 years down the road. And in order to prepare that child for young adulthood, they're going to be taking steps away from you little by little, year by year, all very healthy. I'm just knowing several single moms myself in the years that our kids were growing up, I found that many of them were overprotective of their children in terms of the closeness of the relationship so that when a boyfriend or girlfriend came into the picture in high school, it was difficult for these particular women to figure out, okay, it's not just me and my child anymore, there is actually a rival.
1: <laughs> and uh, yes, a rival, a significant rival, and also the fact that their child was starting to have boyfriend, girlfriend, romantic relationships, for some single parents, highlights the fact that their own libido has been dormant. Mm, interesting. So it brings up that their child does not need them 24-7 as they might have as you know infants or toddlers. And they're seeing their child be happy, be excited, be looking forward to seeing someone. And it really highlights the void in their own life. And it's really at that time that many single moms and dads decide that they're going to make a change in their life and get away from being just mommy, mm-hmm. just a mom, and just starting to have a life of their own. Because often their kids will say to them, hey mom, you need to get a life. <laughs> and There's often a lot of truth to that.
0: Yeah,
1: Mommyhood can consume your life as any mom can say. When you're a single mom, it's very easy to justify having a you know, take up your whole life. So sometimes there's some personal challenge there when your children become more social.
0: And it sounds like just a natural trajectory for the family to be moving in those directions. In the second half of our program, I'm going to be talking with your website partner, Rachel Sarah, exactly about single parenthood and dating. And before we get there, this seems like a really good segue to talk a little bit about your wonderful website, singlemommyhood.com. Wow, I am so impressed. And I design websites for a living, so when I see a good one, I'm really impressed. Tell me how you and Rachel Sarah got together to work on this.
1: Rachel Sarah and I met several years ago at the very first expo for choice moms for women who choose single motherhood through donor insemination or adoption. And I hope everyone who's listening has had the experience of meeting someone and just clicking. Mm-hmm. And Rachel and I just clicked. We were both scheduled to present at this expo and right away decided we wanted to do a presentation together on single moms and dating. And so wait a minute, you, did did you each have
0: a presentation plan and then you just tossed it and decided to do one together? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's bold. <laughs> it was just, you know, that chemistry, that connection, that interest, that laughter. We just we just didn't want to let it go. I was scheduled to talk about relationships. She was scheduled to talk about dating. We got up. We did it together. We got the biggest, most appreciative laughs of the day. And we both looked at one another and said, you know, this is just too much fun to let go. <laughs> and from that, SingleMommyHood.com was born. And we created this site for real-life families, for divorced moms and dads, single parents by choice, people who are considering single parenthood, people who feel like single parents because they're spouses of people who are deployed in the military or have some kind of erratic work schedule that leaves one parent kind of overly burdened. It's a wonderful place. It's a soft place to land. It's a good place to share your concerns. We've really built a very vibrant and exciting community. We're we're very proud of what goes on at singlemommyhood.com. Oh, you absolutely should be. How long has this site been in existence? For about a year and a half, wow. and it's just growing
0: phenomenally. That's terrific. I'm looking through the Q&A in your book, which I think is fabulous, by the way, and the feeling of confusion and isolation in the voices of these anonymous questioners and how they can get an answer to their questions. And that's exactly what your website provides. I'm not alone, I'm part of a community and we can learn
1: from each other. Yes, definitely, you're never alone at single mommyhood. And I think that's part of the the very encouraging feedback we get. I thought I was the only one who had this problem. Uh, Not so much. So can you give us
0: kind of a a postscript on your family? Because you started off at the beginning with a seven-year-old boy and a three-year-old girl, and the moving van was moving out,
1: and you had 500 bucks in your pocket. We know what you grew up to be. My uh, seven-year-old grew up to be a partner in a multinational law firm, Mm -hmm. and my little girl grew up to be a registered nurse at a world-class hospital center, and they're both happily married. And I hope someday to add grandma to my credentials.
0: This is so wonderful. Is there any research, Dr. Leah, about how the children of single moms fare in terms of their educational achievement, their professional development, and that? Part of
1: what could be potentially discouraging to single moms is lots of the research on single mothers is based, the research group are teenage single mothers. And we certainly don't advocate at single mommyhood, that children have children. Hmm. And the outcome data from teenage single moms is discouragingly poor. But that's certainly more about poverty and lack of education and immaturity rather than uh, single mother status specifically.
0: Good point. So for educated and older, more mature single moms, What are we finding in the research?
1: You're not finding much because the single moms in that group really don't attract the the attention of researchers. They blend rather seamlessly into the fabric of American life. There aren't any particular pressing research questions that uh, intrigue psychologists. I say the standards and the goals you set for your kids as a single mom, you have just as great a chance of your kids achieving that as any Ozzy and Harriet 2.4 kids picket fence SUV kind
0: of couple. I'm sure the people who are listening here will take encouragement from that. I want to thank you very much for spending some time with us Dr. Leah. Your book The Complete Single Mother which you co-authored with Andrea Engber is fabulous resource and I've got someone in mind that I want to donate this book to that I've got here for a review, so I'm happy to do that. Can you tell us once again where people can find out more about you and
1: the work you do with Rachel Sarah online? We can be found at singlemommyhood.com. And for particular information about me, I have a website, justaskdrlea.com.
0: Thank you so much again for your time and for the really exceptional work that you do. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Yes,
1: it has. Thank you.
0: Don't go away. Coming up in a moment, my interview with Rachel Sarah, author of Single Mom Seeking Playdates, Blind Dates, and Other Dispatches from the Dating World. Welcome, Rachel. Hello, Annie.
2: Thanks for having
0: me. My pleasure. Thanks for writing this really fun book. Well, I don't know if it was so fun while you're in the middle (laughs) of all of it, but it's a very fun read. Single Mom Seeking, Play Dates, Blind Dates, and Other Dispatches from the Dating World. You know, I've just recently finished it, and aside from it being a very sexy read, I got the impression throughout that it's all about the balance between your need as a woman and your responsibilities as a mom to be making good choices in the dating realm. Yes? No? What do you think?
2: Yes, right on. And I think the most challenging part for me now getting questions about the book is I always want to have a disclaimer about I really wrote about all the mistakes that I made, so hopefully if a single mom reads the book, she'll learn what not to do. (laughs) I felt like I had a really um, challenging time figuring out how to balance it all. And sometimes I grimace reading it, some of the things I did.
0: (laughs) Well, how could you know? I mean, really, when you're in this situation for the first time, you're in it for the first time, I'm guessing that part of your impetus for writing the book was to help other people. But maybe it was a book that would have been helpful to you if you had had it available at the beginning of this journey.
2: That's exactly why I went about writing the book, because when I decided that maybe, maybe I could start dating again, possibly, um, a few, few years into single motherhood, I went out looking for a book and I get teased by my friends that my way of learning how to do something before I dive into something new is researching and reading about it. And so, yeah, I went out there and I found a couple of um, rather dry manuals written by people in the psychology field. (laughs) And um, I read them, but I really, really wanted to read like a first-person narrative. Like, really, I really want to hear from a single mom. What's it going to be like? And I couldn't find a book, so I pitched one. Tell me, what period
0: of time does your book take place over?
2: It goes back and forth between um, when I first became a single mom which was a bit of a a shocker, although now looking back at the kind of patterns in the relationship that I was in, maybe not that much of a shocker. But when my daughter was seven months old, her father basically split town. And so I... did. He he went out to buy a latte and never came
0: back? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I remember reading, you were expecting him to come back, right?
2: Yes. He left the house Thanksgiving Day and later sent me an email saying that he decided this was um, best for everybody, and he moved to Europe, and that's where he's been since.
0: Interesting definition of the word best, huh?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're all laughing now, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so from the time, so raising a little baby on my own, then going to a few years later, deciding, I guess we was right around the same time when my daughter was going into preschool, thinking about dating again and so up until like I put myself on match.com when uh, she was in preschool
0: I mean I don't know what your pre-baby dad experience was vis-a-vis the internet but I'd love to hear you contrasting that with what your experience was going online to find a match
2: I actually had almost no dating experience prior to being a single mom I was definitely one of those Young women who just kind of like fell into relationships and really did not question, like, is this a good decision for me? Is this, I really just kind of like got into long term relationships. And it was such a big learning lesson. And though I didn't end up meeting anybody online, just the process of like really going through and everything from like browsing men to like being able to take baby steps, you know, by emailing before calling. Even the process of writing your profile really makes you take a good hard look at yourself. And then, of course, the stakes are so high when you have a child and it really makes you question, like, do I even want to take the time to go out on a coffee date with this guy? Is it going to be worth it?
0: Well, this is interesting. You know, when people are pregnant, we say you're eating for two. This almost sounds to me like you're dating for two, that there's another voice inside your head that you have to consider and inside your heart before you make move even to have a coffee date.
2: Yes. And I remember one of my girlfriends saying to me that when I start dating again, I should really ask the question, would this man make a good father to my child? Which I thought was such a far-fetched question because I was not out there looking for a replacement for a father. I was looking for a life partner. However, in the back of my mind, in the back of any single mom's mind, I think the reality is that question is going to be there. I mean, you really need to really know that somebody not only would love the idea of becoming a parent, but then asking yourself the question, you know, do my parenting values match this guy's parenting values, which of course are like huge questions, not necessarily to bring up on a coffee date. Really?
0: That's a huge question. So yeah, this is a whole other thing. So is there such thing as casual dating for a single mom?
2: I have known many single moms who've tried it, and I did try it myself and was not capable of it. (laughs) And some of that I think is for solo parents like myself when you really have sole custody of your child and sole responsibility. Just it's dividing up your life like that into sections can be really challenging. Now, I know other single moms who have like say shared custody and they it's really clear exactly when they have their weekends and so they really can schedule out to just if they're dating someone just to see him on these certain weekends every month and keep it totally separate from the kids but of course once you get serious with somebody and get emotionally involved eventually you know you're going to want to introduce your children and want him
0: to meet your kids. What's the right time to do that
2: in a relationship? That's such a good question and I know from when I was reading those books they say anything from like you should wait at least 2 months, definitely we recommend you give it 6 months, but I have found in my experience and talking to other single moms there's really no set date. There's so many different factors involved, everything from like how old is your child? You know, it's it's one thing to say if you have a preschooler and you've been dating somebody for a couple months and you decide you're all going to go out and get an ice cream together one afternoon and it's just going to be an hour. You're going to be in the park. It's going to be a very kid focused, you know, quote date. That's one thing where, you know, your preschooler most likely will see this other person as as a friend. Mm-hmm. If you're dating as a single mom and you have a teenager and you think you're like, gonna pull that off, (laughs) you know, I wanna introduce you to my friend and we're gonna go bowling, you know, your teenager is gonna know what's going on. And so I've found that when your kids get older, it's really important to be honest. That doesn't mean like sharing what you did on your date, but yes, being honest that. I'm thinking about dating again, my phone might be ringing, (laughs) rather than trying to hide it. I think you
0: bring up an interesting point about teens. You know, most of my experience is working with tweens and teens and their parents. And through my website, answering all kinds of questions about my mom is dating, um, my my mom is engaged, and I just found out and they didn't even ask me about (laughs) it. And how how lonely and uh, resentful and hurt. The teen child can feel after they've had sometimes, you know, a decade or more of single parenting and that closeness. And then from their perspective, all of a sudden their mom is introducing not just, this is my friend, but, oh, by the way, we're getting married in two Mm. months. This is going to be your stepdad. So painful. (sighs) It's kind of the natural extension of, of what you talk about in your book is how to incorporate that sense of, yes, of course, I am still your mom, and I'm entitled to a life.
2: Yes, exactly. Just to completely be an open book, I did actually meet someone. Yay! Is that a yay? Yeah, it's a big yay. Okay. (laughs) So after now, like, seriously dating off and on for close to a decade... I met someone, an amazing, amazing man, and we are now engaged super, super exciting. That's very exciting, <laughs> yeah, he's really incredible. We're very excited, and I'm going through right now exactly, as you're describing, which um is a whole new challenge, whereas uh, having raised my daughter alone for a decade, we are both you know so enmeshed in the mother, daughter, just the two of us mm-hmm. and as much as I've done some dating here and there, there's never been like Somebody, this kind of like, I, you know, I hate to use the word threat, but this experience that my child's having of, well, can I still um, have my mommy? And also, she is in a relationship with someone else who my daughter adores him as well, but just the triangle can be complicated.
0: <laughs> yes, it can. And you want to be really, really sensitive. I was talking with a newly remarried mom, and she had a 13 year old daughter who. She had been solo parenting pretty much for 12 years, (laughs) Uh and now she has a new husband and two stepsons, and the three guys have moved into the house with mom and the 13-year-old daughter, and she found her daughter's behavior showing signs of not knowing where her place was anymore anymore. In the family, uh, feeling threatened, Mm -hmm. taking it out on mom, absolutely rejecting dad, (laughs) stepdad, and it created a lot of tension, as you can imagine. I'm very interested to hear when, in this process of meeting Mr. Wonderful, you brought your daughter into the picture and let her know that this was, in fact, more than just my friend.
2: It was definitely after a couple months. And I had planned to go like have a gelato with him and with her Mm -hmm. and had told her beforehand that I had this new friend and she already knew enough about like the gist of dating. So we're going to go out for gelato. So we met him just, it was like, just, you know, really fast meeting, really sweet, short, went really well and had a number of Kind of get togethers like that. Like Uh we went out for dinner one time, we went to the park, doing lots of fun things. So it was really, really fun and easy, and um, started doing things together with like some of his family members and vice versa, and all really, really great. And of course, once it started going to the next step, it got a little more challenging I think for her Mm -hmm. (laughs) and what I what I've told her I'm really doing my best to really be there for her listen to her feelings let her really express she's great at expressing herself and also letting her know because I think one of the things that's confusing for her is she's both so so excited like she really likes him a lot Mm -hmm. and she also feels really scared And it's okay to have both of those feelings. That's great. I think
0: that's a really important part of this transition into a new chapter of your life as a family. Yes. Is knowing that, you know, it's new for all of us. And the best way we can deal with it is to be really open about how we're feeling at any moment in time. And for kids... That's very reassuring Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes they feel guilty and torn. You know, they're happy. She's happy that you're happy. Right. And she's happy for herself that this wonderful man is coming into her life too. But then she knows things are going to change. And I think we need to be honest about that. And we say, oh, no, sweetheart, nothing will change. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They they are going to change because your priorities are being expanded. It's not just your relationship with her. It's your relationship with your new husband.
2: Right yeah, I did make that mistake when she was in the middle of tears one evening saying blurting out something like nothing I don't think I actually said that. She says I said that. <laughs> but what I then was trying to explain to her is that my love for her doesn't change. and right. this idea of like love actually grows, it doesn't come more limited. I will also add that, you know, I think one of the hard things that I learned that you probably got a glimpse of from reading my book is the whole don't date yet if you're not ready. And I don't think that I was ready to meet this man. I mean, it took me so many years of my working on myself and just going through like a lot of challenging stuff, whether it was like getting back on my feet in terms of my career. And actually was like living with my dad for a while, getting my own place and Just dating in any circumstances like that, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be ready for a relationship.
0: And yet you make it really clear, and I have to applaud your honesty, you make it really clear you have needs, you have longings. (laughs) I mean, your (laughs) fantasy about the UPS guy was great. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's very real. And so, again, it's a question of how does a single mom balance when she knows, you know, I am emotionally not ready to get involved mm-hmm. with anyone in a dating and yet dot dot dot
2: right and I think I'm one of those women who learned the hard way who had this idea of oh you can really just have a physical relationship with someone and not get emotionally involved well not me Although I've heard women say that it's really hard for me to believe that it's possible. I think once there is a physical connection, there is an emotional connection. I'm totally with you. I don't buy that for a (laughs) minute.
0: I I just don't buy it. I don't think we're wired that way, tell you the truth. Right. Yeah. I know that you've got your website, singlemommyhood.com, and... That's a place where people can get all kinds of information about dating and relationships. And I love that you have a whole section there for single dads, even though they're not mommies. It's a whole other realm, but you're offering resources for them, which is wonderful. So I'm wondering, what's the best advice you would give to someone who's just recently become a single mom with a very young child?
2: My best advice is get a tribe. That's what I call it. And I think it's so common for... Uh, married couples to get isolated or to just really like hang out with married friends. And it's amazing what divorce can do to friendships. I, you know, I think it can often show you who your true friends are, Mm -hmm. who's willing to, you know, sit and listen to the really hard stuff and um, maybe let you lean on them a little bit. There are so many women who are in your boat and they're out there at the playgrounds and they're at your, you know, at your preschool to just really reach out and say hi and maybe even offer to get a snack together after preschool or if you're cooking dinner offer to have um, this new friend over and you can really lean on each other and look out for each other and then one of the best parts is that if you do start to date again this is going to be a really true friend and a great bogus detector if you want to introduce your potential boyfriend.
0: Well, I think that's great advice. And I love the fact that your book is called Single Mom Seeking. And yes, the focus is on dates, but the idea of, you know, what is a single mom seeking in a more comprehensive idea, I think it includes this tribe that you're talking about.
2: Yeah. And I get um, teased about that a lot, you know, oh, now that you're, you're getting married, Rachel, you're going to have to change the URL of your blog and your book. It's going to be obsolete seeking. And I always say, well, I feel like I'll always be seeking. And I think it's really important that I I, Well, first of all, I feel like I'll always be a single mom in my heart and that Mm -hmm. doesn't go away. And I'm always looking for how to um, do things better? Always looking to learn, and just when you think you you understand your kid, you're like, oh, I get it now. Well, then your kid like develops in a new way. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I mean,
0: really. So it's it's an ever changing kaleidoscope of challenges as a parent, whether you're you know doing it with a partner or not. And yeah, I think you have to always be seeking. Otherwise, you're going to miss the boat because for sure, our kids are always seeking and if we're yes. not if we're not seeking ways to connect with them while they're seeking they will move
2: on without us. Right. Yes. Do you have another book in you? I do. I'm I'm working on one um that I'm still keeping under tabs at the moment. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> you've described such a, a journey that I think so many people can connect with and you've got this new chapter happening. I truly love the way you write. It's really very engaging and it's just very intimate in a way that makes me feel like I know you and that you're someone that can be trusted to describe this experience in ways that bring us all in. So I think it would be really, I mean, if I were going to pitch an idea for a book and I don't know if this has anything to do with you, mm. I would love to hear how this new chapter of your family evolves.
2: yeah. Well, thanks for the idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have been talking with Rachel Sarah, author of Single Mom Seeking, Play Dates, Blind Dates, and Other Dispatches from the Dating World. Before we say goodbye, Rachel, can you tell my listeners where they can find out more about you, your blog, and the work that you do online?
2: You can find me at singlemommyhood.com, and that's the website that I launched with Dr. Leah Karnas. And we have a whole community of single parents who help each other, share, give advice. And also my personal blog you can find through singlemomseeking.com, just like the title of my book, you can get to my blog that URL, Single Mom Seeking.
0: Thank you so much, Rachel, for taking the time to talk with us today. I know you're off to your daughter's dance recital or something. I am.
2: She has a Indian dance performance. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> we well, you know,
0: as you say in showbiz, break a leg. Well, please, I hope that she does wonderfully well, and I know that you'll be beaming at her
2: from the audience. Thank you so much, Ian. <laughs> Thanks again.
0: This is Annie Fox, her Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with tweens, teens, and parents, visit AnnieFox.com. And tune in next time when my guest will be David McQueen, outspoken blogger, mentor, and international speaker empowering adults and youth alike on subjects such as leadership, career paths, and communication skills. Till then, happy parenting!